Hello. Hello. And welcome to Movie Podcast Evangelion. I'm Dr. Movies. And I'm Rachel. So we wanted to do adult movie catch-up of the 2022 season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we decided we didn't want to watch <laughs> any the of the movies that we, should be watching. that we hadn't seen. We didn't see The Fablements or Babylon or yeah. Empire of Light. No. Didn't want to see any movies about the magic of cinema. <laughs> yeah, apparently that was just no go. Because this podcast isn't about the magic of cinema. It's about the... The discourse yeah, of The cinema. discourse, yeah, which is kind of the opposite of magic. But we have been watching movies. It's true. And so we decided that we would uh, do a little, what have you been watching? Yeah, and not pod. necessarily just stuff that's new, like mm-hmm. stuff, uh, you know, old releases, etc. Just what we've been watching. Uh, exactly. So Dr. Movies and I each picked out uh, four movies that mm-hmm. we're going to uh, tell each other about. I don't think, I think you've probably seen yeah. some of mine and I... We advocate movie. movies yeah. on this podcast, yeah. and, and so we want to advocate for these movies, or in some cases, advocate against them. Advocate and say, like, mm-mm, this don't is Don't check right. that out. Yeah. Um, so for my side of it, yeah. I uh, don't mean to, you know, toot well, my own horn, <laughs> but... Uh, it's, it's being tooted. Uh, I'm a bit of an ally, uh, and for Black History Month, mm. uh, I watched... A lot of black movies from the uh, black canon, mm-hmm. as it were, that I had not seen um, because I grew up in Portland, Oregon, so <laughs> I didn't get exposed to black culture. Yep. Um, so I watched a bunch of these and uh, I'm going to be going through some of the highlights of them. So Highlights and also lowlights, perhaps? Lowlights, yeah. Uh, but first is a highlight. First, uh, all right, start us off. And it's one that isn't talked about nearly enough by anyone uh-huh. two can play that game two can play that game. what a picture starring morris chestnut uh. and vivica a fox Ooh, yeah wow mm-hmm. two people who i think if they were 20 15 years younger they would be massive stars mm right now but they not to say that these these actors are not but i think we've we, we kind of talked about but, this in the past where like there was like a certain time period yes. where a lot of incredible black actors just kind of got shafted yes. by timing yep. and it's like well that's it, it's too bad what happened mm-hmm. because you really could have been a huge 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 star mm-hmm. if the culture had been ready for it yep and that, i i don't think it's too much to say that that's what happened here uh we got Vivica A. Fox. We got Morris Chestnut. We got pre-blackish Anthony Anderson oh, okay. in a lot of these films. And a young and, wow, just extremely fit and beautiful Gabrielle Union Ooh. Uh, playing this sort of uh, woman, the other woman. Oh, yeah. That's a fun In role. this. So uh, let me just tell you what the plot of yeah, uh, To Complete That Game. It's a very simple one. It's that... Um, Vivica A. Fox's character, black excellence, mm-hmm. female uh, marketing lawyer. I don't know. She's got some white collar job. Yeah, it's not yeah. important. The she, job she, isn't she's important. A the porn, yeah. She's a white collar big wig. Yeah. And her boyfriend, Morris Chestnut, also a white collar big wig. They're in LA. They're on the. They got the corner office of the oh, high rise. Yeah. Yep. And they're they're great. And, you know, and she says like, not bad for a girl from Compton. Right. You know, they're both from some modest backgrounds, mm-hmm. but they've just like, they've really ascended. Yeah. Oh, sorry, right? sorry, sorry to clarify. So are they, they're a couple at the beginning. They're a couple okay. at the beginning. All right. Great. 
and there she comes to his office and they have sex in the office nice. and anthony anderson's like you had sex like <laughs> awesome and he's just like well all in a day is work for me like i love my my Put queen <laughs> you know and she's like i love my king and oh i just dropped my phone so what happens is She's like, oh, do you want to go out tonight? And he's just like, no, I got a work thing. And she's like, okay, I'll go out with my girls. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she has her girls. Oh, I like the setup mm-hmm. already. Mm-hmm. And what he doesn't tell her is that he is having, he, he didn't lie. He's having a work lunch or a work dinner, but it's with Gabrielle Union. Are they already having the affair at this point? There's no, that's Rachel, oh, that's oh, the thing. okay. There's no affair. Oh, that's great. There's been no string. So Vivica yeah. goes to the girls' dinner yeah. and sees it just so happens. Her boyfriend, Morris Chestnut, at the dinner, right? Uh, with Gabrielle Union. And she's just like, oh, what the fuck? And she's like, and yeah, and she's like the, the coolest of all her girlfriends. So they're mm-hmm. like, what are you gonna do? And she's like, I'm gonna play it cool. Like yeah. two can play at that game. Two can play that game. So she's just like, oh, I guess like I just won't call you. And so then like now begins like a cat and mouse game where both parties, both the man and the female mm-hmm. are pretending that they don't care. They don't even care. Yeah. And they're doing stuff to punish but each other. But they do in fact but care. But of course, both of them care deeply about mm-hmm. each other. Mm-hmm. Yes. But they're, they through these wild passive aggressive games are trying to punish each other for, the. there's really been no indiscretion at all. It's just that both of them want to pretend like they're not, they aren't, aren't as hung up on each other as they are. Mm-hmm. And very simple plot, right? Executed with such charm, with such delight. Wonderful, with, wonderful. Um, it is a truly one of the best Battle of the Sexes movies I've ever seen. That's a pretty, that's a pretty, that's high praise. I, I absolutely loved it. This should be in the rom-com canon. Okay. As like one of the great rom-coms. What year is it? Uh, it was 2001. Okay, yeah, right on. Uh, I cannot recommend this movie enough. It should be talked about in the same breath as all the classic rom-coms. Check out Two Can Play That Game. Oh, great. Great recommendation. All right, you mm-hmm. kind of got me jazzed about yeah, this Yeah, you movie. should watch it. Yeah, I think like, you're going to really like it. Yeah, this sounds fun. Um, so the first movie that I'd like to talk about is a movie called New Order, uh, which was directed by Michel Franco. Uh, he oh. had a movie come out a couple of years ago uh, called Sundown, uh, starring Tim Roth and Charlotte Gainsbourg. Wow. It's so good. Bold cast. Bold, bold cast. Two, um, two people who do fucked up films. Dude, just, they, yeah, they really go for it. Um, and I, I saw that in, in theaters and I really liked it and then saw that this came out in, uh, I think like 2020 or 2021. Uh, and it really <laughs> illuminated a lot of whatever the fuck is going on in Michelle Franco's mind because he is... Uh, uh, he's incredibly talented. Uh, I think that he is, he has a great eye. Uh, the writing is, is, is very strong. Like it, it's very, they're, it, they're very compelling movies, but they're also like, mm, pretty reactionary and like fashy mm. and also they're racist. Uh-oh. So Michelle Franco is a white Mexican. Um, and, <laughs> and after new order came might have out, to delete this, but you want to watch out for the white passing Latinos. <laughs> you want to watch out for them. Um, and so he did a, a kind of interview after this movie. I'll explain what the movie's about in a second, but this is all going to make sense. Uh, in which he was like, yeah, like uh, this is, you know, partially based on my experience, experiencing like, uh, you know, reverse racism as a white Mexican. Oh, yeah. And then mm. maybe like a few days 
later, he was like, uh, okay, I didn't really understand that that's what, that, that had like a loaded thing to didn't it. didn't understand just, like, that I was going to get yelled at. I was going to get called on that one. Um, so the plot of, of New Order is it's set, you know, maybe slightly future whatever, but it, uh, it takes place in Mexico City. Uh, and there is a, a wealthy family that's having a wedding. Uh, one of the, you know, their daughter's getting married. Uh, they're having this big party. And then... Uh, on the periphery, there's also like these protests happening around the city. That's like you know, there's green paint being thrown like thrown at people. Uh, there's a there's a lot of violence in the streets, and it's at first it's like quite removed from what's happening at the at the wedding. You know, this family, this family is a family of white Mexicans, uh, and they have a uh, a house staff that is you know largely like darker skinned Mexicans. Um, so that has don't worry it's going to come into play here um, and so like these all this these these protests are happening and then it becomes extremely violent and the wedding party is invaded by a bunch of darker skinned Mexicans who oh. are there to eat the rich but the tone of the movie is like oh my god can you believe this how horrible oh that's can you, interesting can you imagine like the horror of like these poor people like I can't I can't like why why would you do that to them they're just trying to have a nice wedding um, but at the same time like franco does seem slightly aware his of this his name is franco franco uh so he like the spanish like dictator the, the guy um so there's a, a a subplot that kind of that kicks off a lot of this where um one of like the, the kind of a a, a person who was on their house staff who no longer works for this family comes to the wedding. It's like, Hey, my wife, uh, she's extremely ill. Like because of the protest, they had to take her out of the public hospital. <laughs> she needs to go to the private clinic to have this heart valve replaced. And it's going to cost 200,000 pesos. And can you help me out with this? And the matriarch of the family comes out and she's like, well, how long ago did you work for us? It was like a long time, right? And he's like, yeah, eight years, but how long did I work for you for? And she's like, well, that's not relevant. Um, and so she's kind of going around. She's like, I'll give him some money to kind of get rid of him. Ends up giving him, you know, some some amount and then tries to send him on his way. But he's like, my my wife is very, very sick. This wife guy. Um, and then the, the daughter who's getting married is way more sympathetic. And she's like, no, I'm going to get you this money, like whatever it takes. I remember you. I remember your wife, Elisa. And this is really important to me. And so at some point, you know, before kind of the invasion really happens, she leaves the house with another uh, one of the staff members to go visit uh, this guy at his home because he had left while she was kind of running around trying to find whatever and this is when like the violence like really kicks off like they get into the city and there's just like it's total mayhem there's paint being thrown around everywhere like there's fires there's looting people are being attacked it looks good looks uh, all this these set pieces or? oh it looks it looks amazing oh wow like, okay. it, it is it is it is so good looking that wow. it's like uh it's really cool to see someone using their gifts for evil rather than for good it's like, interesting it's very very interesting so and you'd so, say maybe this is like a neolib movie like we gotta we gotta placate these these this mob of pores uh, yeah yeah maybe a little bit but uh, like there are noble rich people there are noble thing. rich people but so like you know the house gets invaded and all of the house staff also turns against the family and all of the the, the you know the, the, the guests uh-huh. people are being shot they like walk the matriarch into like where the safe is and they're like 
open up the safe or I'm going to kill you. She does and they kill her. And it's like, it's a bunch of like, oh, okay. Like you, you have no, like there's house staff that are laughing at people as they're getting like shot and beat up. It like, we just saw like maybe 20 minutes earlier, they were like making food for the party, whatever. And then this happens. Um, and the daughter, uh, you know, the, the, the guy who kind of took her out to go find them, like he brings her to his home. Cause he's like, this is really unsafe. And like, he's her ally. Like she's a nice woman and he's trying to make sure that she's okay but the military comes they kidnap her and they're like hey we're gonna take her back to her home so don't worry about it and then they put her in this van and they march her to like a concentration camp full of rich people where they're like extorting them for money making them like Uh. record these like please like give them what they want and just like it's like horribly violent it's just like really like disgusting stuff happening so what there. you're telling me is that this movie is not based in reality no whatsoever no no in terms no. of the, this is like this is like the daily wire of mexico made oh 100 oh interesting um, but it looks really great and like it's a really well wow. movie. Um, and so this goes on and, like ho- there's just horrible violence constantly happening but like some of the rich people are still like they're still isolated from it like they've kind of climbed up uh with like some of like the, the military higher-ups that they're like oh like you're a rich person, like it's gonna be fine, whatever. Okay. Um, it goes on and on and on, and so the 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 guy who helped uh, save the you know the daughter at first until she was kidnapped, uh, his mom is also one of the house staff, and they have like their own subplot where like as the the fighting starts to settle down, the military uses this to establish a military dictatorship, mm. uh, in which like you have to have a work permit to go blah 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 and go here and there, and well, I could see that happening. And the pe- I was like that part's like. That's realistic. Yeah. Um, and so, like, the people who have, like, kidnapped all of the rich people and are doing this horrible thing, they they get, uh, you know, a hold of the, the guy and his mom, and they're like, hey, like, you know, if you, if you want to help her, then, like, you're going to go to her family and, like, get 800,000 pesos from, from them. And it's like, okay. So, like, they go as part of their work permit stuff, and they bring the money to, like, back to, like, the, the hostage, the, the people, and they're like, okay, well, go back tomorrow again and, like, it's going to cost you like, now I want you to get a million pesos. Um, and so they're still like kind of holding everyone captive. And, uh, so all of this ends up shaking out that like they get whatever money it is, but at the same point, the military breaks into this compound and like gets everybody out. They kill all of like the, you know, the people who were like the, the revolutionaries, the protesters who now became uh-huh. this monstrous whatever. They kill all of them. They take the money and they kill the daughter anyway while still being friends with her dad because they're like, all right, this is this is mine, whatever. And then, you know, the house staff is that they're also killed because the military is like, all right, like I'm going to, you know, really leverage this. So they kill all of the protesters. They kill, like they're, it's it just. It, so this is like a nasty film. It's a nasty film. I love it. Yeah. It's, I it's love very, nasty reactionary It's, it's incredibly mean spirited. Yeah. It's nasty. And yeah. it's just like, uh, it, it's a, it's very much a feel bad film. Like okay. the military dictatorship wins is what ends up happening. That's interesting. Uh, and none of the characters that like we it, were following, none of them survived the movie. Um, well, you know, we've talked about this before, but cinema is one of the great ways to understand the reactionary mind. Oh, yeah. So I'll be watching this film. Oh, it's it's very... So it's, uh, it's on Hulu. You can stream it. Um, great. And it's... And it, so, and I want to say, like, before we move on to the next thing, I would really recommend this movie. It is fascinating in Great. looking... But you have to be able to stomach some nastiness. Yeah, you have to be able to stomach nastiness and you have to be able to 
also recognize it as like, oh, I'm looking, I'm looking at this from like an ideological standpoint, uh-huh. not I'm saying that this is good, a good thing because I'm watching it. It's interesting. Yeah. And so the thing in Sundown, the movie that I saw before this, that's also his movie, also set in Mexico. And it also happens to be that uh, dark-skinned Mexicans are people who are taking people hostage and extorting them and hurting rich people. <sighs> So there's a lot of psychology going on in here. A lot of psychology going on But I have to be honest, I can't wait to see what he does next because it's so fascinating. Like it is, it is, it is, it's evil and bad. And it's, it's like, no, this is not at all connected to reality, but he has incredible mastery of his craft and it is just the coolest combination of things. Yeah. And it's, it's nice to see that because like so many of the react, like failed American reactionaries. Well, so many, so many American reactionaries in our, in our media are failed artists, yes. right? You know, like yeah. Ben Shapiro is a failed screenwriter. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of them are like failed comedians and stuff. And it's just like, they're just talentless hacks yeah. who have like, and this is their, this is their grift because yeah. they couldn't make whatever it was work. Right. Whereas this guy is a talented filmmaker who also happens to be a reactionary psychopath. A hundred percent. And that's way more interesting. It's way more interesting. Yeah. So I would highly recommend, honestly, both of those movies, um, just from looking at it from the point of like, it's cool to see someone who is good and using it for evil to just yeah. do horrible, horrible things. So new Excellent order. recommendation. Thank you very much. Excellent recommendation. All right. So I'm going to go. And we are going to go to a movie called Set It Off. Mm. Set it off. Set okay. it off. Um, there, This is a movie. This is one of them that you got to see. <laughs> this is... You see to believe it. Two can play that game. A little lesser known. Like, people know it. Set It Off, I think, is it, squarely in the American black film canon. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a great movie. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. I'm surprised it hasn't been made into a miniseries mm. because I would say that the main problem with the movie is that there's so much packed into it that nothing really has time to develop in mm. a sort of like leisurely way where everything really has time to, to sink in and hit and and yeah. all the relationships that's, between that's really the interesting characters. interesting to hear you say because in general you're not a fan of serialization or like miniseries etc like I think <sighs> I think on the whole it's like you should be able to tell this in a movie but like to hear you say this actually could be really good as a miniseries or a limited series whatever right is, is pretty interesting I, I to tend to, well I guess it's not that I'm not a fan of the movie <laughs> it's just that it's just we're, we've reached a like oversaturation of television I think mm. right now and I'm just bitter about it yeah but uh someone should since we're in this place where everything is becoming a tv show now someone should do set it off because you have Queen Latifah in a role as a, an out lesbian now I should say I saw the director's cut of it oh, okay on HBO so at which with, there's like apparently like 10 minutes of that's inserted a lot. footage. Yeah, Sometimes like, with director's cuts, it's like a couple minutes, but yeah, that's, that's a big chunk. It, it's a decent yeah. amount. Um, and I think some of what may have been inserted, I can't say for sure, is uh, lesbian stuff. Oh, with, interesting. Um, Queen Latifah. It's got Vivica A. Fox again. Oh, Hello. Oh, good for her. Um, Kimberly Elise, which she didn't really do much, hasn't really done all that much. Um, and Jada Pinkett Smith. And so oh, Jada Pinkett yeah. Smith is probably the uh, main 
character, but they're, okay. it's an ensemble piece. Mm-hmm. And so basically what happens is Vivica A. Fox is working in a bank and all of a sudden someone comes to rob the bank. Uh-oh. Um, and she's just like, don't do this. You know, it's, it's, it's another black man. And yeah. she's just like, don't do this, brother. Like, don't fucking don't. And he does. And, and, and he, they end up killing someone in the oh, bank. Shit. And John C. McGinley's here. Dr. Cox from Scrubs. He's okay. just like, God damn it. I, th- th- we got to catch these bank robbers or whatever. Yeah. Well, it turns out that Jada Pinkett Smith's brother cuts the hair or like gets his hair some I don't know he's like friends because yeah. they're from the same hood as the yeah. bank robber yeah and so and he goes over to the bank robber's house I feel like that's like a very like genuinely like black community cultural so, moment is like there's like yes. the barbershop stuff going on mm-hmm, there's barbershop stuff going on and so what happens is he gets his hair cut with something her brother yeah uh, in the same way he gets something cut into his fade that the bank robber does oh so what happens is He's college bound. Yeah. uh, yeah, uh, Jada Pinkett Smith's uh, brother. And what happens is the cops show up to the trap house where this guy's just hanging out. That's the description that we got. He fits the description and they fucking blow him away. (gasps) They just murder Jada Pinkett Smith's uh, in cold blood. It's like it's like a mistake. I mean, that's it, it's it, very it much what that, and like that, this. That, that's how cops you know, be. This is how cops be. This movie was you made in 1996. Just because white people weren't talking about it doesn't people mean people have been yeah. talking about it. Yeah. And of course, Jada Pinkett Smith is just like, oh my god, she's like crying over the body yeah. of her dead brother who oh was just god. about to go to UCLA. And oh, is it another LA movie? It's another LA movie. Right We're on. in LA again. Right on. And so she's like a cleaner. Uh huh. She's like, oh, and, and Vivica A. Fox immediately is fired at the bank because they were like, you knew this guy and you didn't press the silent alarm. And she's like, well, I just took a second to do it because like I like I thought yeah. I could talk him out of it because yeah. like he's he's from the hood. Yeah. And they were like, well, you're fired, bitch. And she's just like, I've given my blood and sweat to the yeah, toil of this the bank. Hell? Rest of them are cleaners. Uh, Queen Latifah is just like a loud mouth, like just like down and dirty person. Like this. She's got this like silent blonde haired girlfriend who she just like makes out with aggressively in front of all of them and then fucking jada pinkett smith there's this guy who comes around who she has to have sex with for money to pay for her brother's college oh my god so now this has all happened in like the first 15 minutes of the movie so (laughs) like when i when i say that this movie doesn't give anything time to breathe that's exactly what i mean because that's like that's like two episodes exactly you like three Three, you could you know but the like so three hour-long episodes of this movie happen in 15 minutes and then there's this guy who's a bank manager another guy who is into jada pinkett smith Uh and it's just like i you know i made it out of the ghetto i'm a black professional in the same way as Mm -hmm, two can play mm -hmm. at that game you know like i've made good yeah i'd like to you know like take care of you you know like you don't know you know you're uneducated but you know i I like you you're hot jada pinkett jada pinkett smith by the way looks incredible in this film yeah i bet Um, 1996 yeah i bet jada pinkett smith uh not my favorite actress Mm -hmm. but she handles her business in this everyone's handling their business wonderful um and so basically long story short these women are all down on their luck and the system has been unkind to them and it's killed her brother they're gonna fucking rob banks uh and so they do that's that's interesting and they continue to rob banks in la until they They can't anymore and 
I don't necessarily want to spoil it, but yeah. like it's intense. Yeah. Okay. Um, right on. And because okay, so I I didn't. I haven't seen this movie. Uh-huh. I'm not familiar with it all. And like set it off sounds like a fun movie. <laughs> like just like as a title. It's, it's like, oh, like, yeah, it's a fun title. It's fun. It's like, it's kind of like a, it's a drama, you know, yeah. it's like an action yeah. thriller drama. Like Widows? Exactly. Yeah. Like right Widows. Um, and I would just say like the, the only real problem with it is that like for how heavy the subject matter is, mm. it never really gets to like fully deliver yeah. on all of its choices yeah. but you know it's a movie you have to see i think okay uh it's it's part of the black canon check it out interesting looks good feels good yeah doesn't feel Gr- good but great cast yeah great cast you get to see you know three uh black actresses who would go on you know to be stars to be I mean, this was like kind of some of the height of this. Yeah, 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 you know? you're right. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's really them sort of at their apex. Yeah, And cool. uh, I think it's worth seeing for that reason. It was also directed by, I would like to say, uh, F. Gary Gray, who went on to direct The Italian Job. He directed Friday. Uh-huh. He directed Straight Outta Compton. Yeah. And The Fate of the Furious. Uh, so the reason that uh, Dr. Movie said Friday is because I've just watched all three of those movies with mm-hmm. uh, some other of my friends. So I was like, I was like, yeah, I think I recognize that name from the best Friday movie. From the best Friday movie, Friday. Friday itself. Um, great. Well, I am actually going to kind of, I was going to talk about a different movie first, but now that you've uh, kind of laid the groundwork of it's trying to do like really serious, heavy subject mm-hmm. matter, but it doesn't quite handle it or it doesn't it just doesn't have like the, the equipment to do whatever that is um i would like to talk about the butterfly effect oh uh, my god i was so excited when i saw this on your list yeah yeah so um yeah i i like i had probably seen a, a 20 or 30 minutes of butterfly sometime on cable growing up whatever i saw um, it when it came out at a sleepover when i was like 13 and I remember being like, this is a game changer for Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like, It wasn't. It was like a cult, but it was like a cultural moment at the time. Where yeah. Like all of like the kids our age mm. were like talking about the butterfly effect. It's like, oh yeah, it's so fucked up. Like, can you imagine like that happened? Like, so trippy, dude. Did you ever think about that? Yeah. It was like, I and like it had It was like, like a an, dumb kid movie classic. 100%. Of our of for millennials. Yes. If you're a zoomer, you won't understand. No, this is a dumb kid movie classic. So, you know, watching it in 2023, um And if you're a boomer, you won't understand, frankly. This no, this is like, like a millennial. millennial yeah. yeah, like in that it's pocket. Solidly millennial, yeah, I would say. Um and this movie cannot handle the subject matter. Mm. So I feel like a lot of people have probably seen Butterfly Effect, so I'm definitely not going to walk through all of the I don't things. know if that's true. I think millennials have. I think millennials have. Okay. So, and so, they maybe don't remember. I don't remember it. I'd like a little refresher. Okay. All right. So the movie's also pretty convoluted. Is, is yeah, the other, I remember that. Is the other part of it. Um, so Ashton Kutcher is, uh, he, he's a college boy, um, but he grew up in this uh, kind of like smaller, poor town. Uh, and he had like this group of friends, this girl, uh, her oh. brother and then like this other kid who's like kind of like a Letty character from oh, Mice and Men. Okay, yeah, like um, a strong developmentally disabled person. Yeah, so okay. they don't exactly say that specifically but like the way that they have 
the character doing stuff. It's like, okay, I get what you're doing. Um, and like they, they all four of them experienced a lot of trauma growing okay. up. Um, so the Ashton Kutcher and, and, and the girl, um, like her father, like made them record child pornography in the basement. Oh, so like, I remember remembering. This yeah. Now. So it's all coming back to you now. I'm just like, mm, I don't know about yeah, this. That's right. Uh, so like that happens. And like, you know, he, uh, they, they, there's an incident where like, uh, her brother, who's like kind of like a little psycho, uh, like puts like a stick of dynamite in someone's mailbox. And like this lady with her oh. kid walk over to it. <laughs> yeah. yeah I remember that. You remember that. And then like, at another point, like there's a bunch of stuff, but like the, the same, this, this boy, psycho boy, like gets Ashton Kutcher's dog and like burns it alive, like yeah. in front of him. And he's like, he's unable to stop it. And so like, he's very, very traumatized. Um, another element of this is that his father isn't in the picture. And his mom is like kind of evasive about what's going on. But eventually, I think maybe he's like supposed to be like 12 or something. Like she takes him to go visit him. Visit him where? A mental hospital where mm. he has been institutionalized. Um, and, uh, you know, he meets him. And then like the dad attacks Ashton Kutcher. Well, not it's not played by Ashton Kutcher, but his character. Sure. Uh, and is like, this is the only way to stop it. And you're like, oh, what's going on here? I don't know. Um, yeah. But Ashton Kutcher and his mom, they, they move away. He goes to college. Um, and he just kind of like forgets about that point in his life. Except he has like all of these all of these diaries that 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 he kept at the time, like kind of like recordings of like what they did day by day. Um, and he eventually like he he reaches back out to, to the girl. Um, he's like, hey, like, I kind of like remember this like fucked up thing. Like, do you remember that? Like specifically, specifically in reference to the child pornography. It's like, do you remember that <laughs> happening? She, he shows up at her work. He like drives back to the town, shows up at her work and is like, hey, remember when your dad brought us into the basement? And uh, the next day she kills herself uh, because he reminded her of what happened. Um, so that's uh, let it, setting that off right there. Um, her brother calls him and he's like, you did what did this. you say? What did you say to her? Like, whatever. And then Ashton Kutcher's like, uh, like this is this is crazy. And so he's going back and he's reading. And he's I don't like, think I quite clocked this when I was a kid. <laughs> I, I, I feel like there's a little lot of stuff in here. Uh, and so he's like going back and reading his diaries to be like, I feel like I remember this, like whatever. And then like as he's reading it out loud, he is teleported, tra time traveled to the time at which the event in the diary is happening. Uh -huh. So this is the butterfly effect where he starts to go back and make changes to try to fix. He wants her to not commit suicide. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, as the butterfly effect goes, like the little tweaks that he makes here and there affect other things in a negative way. Now, now, there, now, something I remember very clearly about this movie is that the logic of the movie makes no sense in the in Correct. that he goes back in time and like has his own his his, his, his adult brain his adult brain but doesn't necessarily always act as if he has it in the sense of like I have a very he vivid has like memory all of the of, knowledge but right and so like I remember this one vividly was one part of the movie where he like stabs himself in the hand yes in order yeah. to give him scars that yeah, he'll he's see stigmata yeah earlier and he's just like oh mrs whatever yeah. like in front of his teacher and stabs hands. And i was like why would he do a creepy kid voice to his teacher before when, like, stabbing himself in the himself. hands like, like and it hadn't been established i don't think that he didn't like this teacher no not relevant and also like wouldn't it hurt like so wouldn't you be like oh i'm I, I'm, I'm scared to do I'm this. scared to do this. But the horror movie logic of it was just like, oh, well, he's a creepy kid. So he stabs himself in the hands I to guess, freak everyone though, out. That's like not part of his character. So 
makes no sense. It, it makes no sense. But I can go ahead and jump forward to this part about about the stigmata. Mm. Um, because this happens because he... I forget what the incident is exactly, but he, like, as an adult in college, gets like thrown in jail. Oh, it's because there's a later incident where, like, it turns out, you know, she survived. He's made some changes in the past, and she survives. But in order to make that happen, like, he made sure that her dad didn't do the child porno. Uh-huh. But when he's back in time as his younger self, he's like, I like, like you're gonna do this, and it's gonna make her kill herself. When you should really be, you know, disciplining your son who is a violent psycho. And so then the dad, instead of doing the child porno, is abusive of the son. And that's all it takes, folks. And that's all it takes. A sternly worded diatribe from from a a child. Just be like, don't do child pornography with your daughter. Instead, discipline your son. Yeah. Like, okay, no problem. So, like, he becomes a total, like, psycho, even worse than he was before. And he, like, goes and confronts Ashton Kutcher at college and, like, attacks him physically. And then Ashton Kutcher freaks out. And And what would have happened in the intervening time? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Not relevant he's at college everyone's fine uh-huh. but then like you know he kills him in his rage and then he goes to goes to prison so the big issue here is that in prison he doesn't have any of his notebooks like he can't he can't go back in he time. can't go back in time he can't do anything but he convinces his mom to bring a couple of of them in um and his cellmate is like actually like kind of like believes him just like huh okay like this he's like all right i need you to like guard the door while i go back and like, i'm gonna just prove it to you it's like i'm gonna read this notebook you keep everybody out of here and blah 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 and so he goes back he does the stigmata and then he can show his cellmate and everyone else like look oh, it's, it, it, it is real that's stupid. um also, you would just go back whatever the lead up to this uh also involves him uh he's like it's actually it's it's kind of why I, I gasp when, when when this happened because the notebooks are like they're somehow stolen by like the the Aryan nation who is like the, the running like, <laughs> the it, white power the gang white of power the gang in the prison and so he goes to like the head white power guy and goes to the his like little cell and then like he says the N word with a hard R multiple times Ashton Kutcher, Ashton Kutcher <laughs> just to like get in with them yeah just to be like hey like I am one of you and then like he uses all sorts of other racial slurs and pejoratives oh, my God. and then he's like all right well like I really want to join the white power gang so like what do I like what do you want me to get on my knees and so it's like oh like so he's gonna do a prison blowjob for this it's like a, it's a what? lot going on there but that doesn't actually end up happening. He gets the notebooks. He he goes back and you know does does his whatever. Um, and as he goes on, he keeps like trying to go back and correct things and et cetera, et cetera. And he's also getting like these incredible headaches, and he's like getting physically sick because of it, like having blackout periods. He's like bleeding from his nose, all of that stuff. Um, and it eventually culminates in him going back to the memory of meeting his dad um, in in prison, and he's like, "Hey, it's me." what's going on? Like, how do I yeah. stop this? Like you, this, the same thing happened to you. It's very clear that like, we're experiencing the same thing. And his dad's like, the only thing you can do is fucking kill yourself. Like there's no <laughs> other way around this. And he's like, I don't want to do that. Like I refuse to accept that. Um, you know, he goes back in time and this stuff leads to like his Lenny friend being institutionalized for some reason. And then like, at one point, like the girl ends up being like, a prostitute who's like it's it, it, it's cool. There's just, just like a lot happening here, um, and it kind of it ends off with him 
um, like his father being institutionalized um, and being getting trapped in this loop where he can't go back far enough anymore. Mm. And he's he's stuck in the the same hospital that his dad was in. um, And it's a very, very grim, grim, grim ending. Well, I'm looking at the IMDb for this screenwriter and there were... Three other endings released on yes. DVD. The so director's thing, like, cut ending, the stalker ending, and the happy sappy ending. Yeah, so there's like one ending where they do end up together. There's one where he's like, it ends with him being in the mental hospital losing his mind. I don't know about the stalker ending, but it's not surprising that they had a bunch of cuts of this. Uh, it is so messy. It wants you to take the like the the, the child trauma stuff really seriously, mm. but it can't when you're, you're passing it back to like this 10-year-old actor who's like, don't do child pornography. Your daughter's going to kill herself. Like, let, let me tell you, when you want to write a story about child pornography, boy, better you better have your ducks in a row. You better be ready. Row. You yeah. better be, you better know what the fuck you're doing. And they did not. Uh, and it probably shouldn't be a horror genre romp. Yeah, at, at all, at all. And there's just, there's, there's so much like, uh, like mid-aughts goodness in this. And mm-hmm. by goodness, I mean badness. Mm-hmm. Like Ashton Kutcher saying the N-word with the hard R multiple times. This like, was back in the time when people loved to contrive situations where it's just like, what if I it. had to say the N-word <laughs> to get in with a white power gang so I could go back life. in time to stop child porn? <laughs> yeah, that's like, that's okay, you know what? That's a very noble cause. I don't think you could get mad at Are me Are you that. telling me that, that, if, you wouldn't. that you wouldn't say it <laughs> if you had if you to could stop, stop child pornography <laughs> from happening? Yes. It's like, okay, right, right, right. But it's like, it's very much like, it's a dumb guy movie, but it's bro, a dumb kid Bro, bro, I would never give a prison blowjob. Except, bro, 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 except, except if I had to, though. I need to go back and save my girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's the only way. It's the only way. It's the only way. Um, So this movie just has a, and it's, it's so recursive and it doesn't follow any internal like logic or at whatsoever. And it's anchored by Aston Kutcher. And it's anchored Ashton, by Aston Kutcher, Ashton. who is just... He is not. He is not up to the task. Not up to Has the he task ever books. been up to the task? Is the question. I think not. He was up to the task to play Kelso. In Sh- sure. That I mean, like, and he's he's like super cute in this, but uh, it's just it is. It's a very very funny movie. I would a hundred percent recommend like getting together with your friends and smoking a blunt and watching this movie. Yeah. You will you will scream laugh yourself to death. Back to two thousand four. That you will be you will be transported back to yourself yes. in two thousand four. Hell yeah. Butterfly effect. Butterfly effect. All right, next up, I have got a movie from 1973, one mm. of the classic black exploitation films, Coffee. Coffee. Not directed by a black person, directed by Jack Hill, one of the exploitation kings of the 70s, mm. and one of the best guys to ever do it, exploitation style. Yeah, right on. Uh, so we got Coffee. We got Pam Greer. Pam Greer, oh. who looks incredible apex pam greer and who is she she's a woman who uh we start the movie with her we see like these two pimps in this club (laughs) great and they're dressed like 1970s pimps and they're just like hey daddy oh like you know (laughs) uh, i'm the coolest person in this club and and uh i sell heroin um and and women and I'm an asshole and there's like topless girls. There's like at, at every moment, if there's an opportunity to get a woman topless in this movie, they'll take it. it makes no sense. matter makes how contrived. And uh, this this guy comes and he's just like, I got I got a new girl for you. And he's like, it's I had to try all the girls in L.A. <laughs> there's another L.A. movie. <laughs> another the LA third movie. L.A. movie. And he's just like, uh, 
And it's like, well, this woman, she's the hottest. She'll do anything. Like she's a she's a sick freak. sick freak. And he's like, okay. And <laughs> he goes to the limo, and who is it? It's Pam Greer. And Looking he's foxy. just like, whoa, yeah, wooga, yeah. But she's she's strung out on heroin. Oh. She's just like, mm, no, I'm so I just need my fix, daddy. Yeah, yeah. Like, and he's just like, you'll get your fix, baby. <laughs> uh, her her, na- her name is Coffee, and like the they everyone in the movie takes any opportunity they can to say coffee they'd be like coffee you're one hell of a woman coffee Coffee. come here and so uh they take her to like this hotel room and there's like this enforcer and then the pimp and uh they're like all right take your clothes off bitch and she's (laughs) like and she's like i need my heroin first and he's like Okay, let me get the heroin ready, baby. And then she's like, just kidding, motherfucker. And she like pulls out a gun. And she's like, you got my sister hooked on that heroin. I'm going to fucking kill you. Let's and then, fucking go. And then she kills him. And he's just like, ah. And then the other guy who's like strung out is just like, no, don't kill me. And she takes a shotgun. And she's like, did you let my sister, you know, beg for her life when she was strung yeah. out of heroin? <laughs> she yeah. fucking, fucking yeah. kills him. And then, and then so, and then. She's like, whew, okay, did that. Wow, uh, that was, that, <laughs> that was, that was intense. That's the first time I've ever done anything like that because I got to go back to my job as a nurse. <laughs> <laughs> so she like, goes back to her job as a nurse and the surgeon's just like, coffee, you're the best nurse in the goddamn hospital, but you, you're like, you're, you, you don't have your shit together today. And she's like, sorry, I just, you know, I'm a night nurse. Like, you know, it's late night. I had to blow a couple guys away with a shotgun. I just blew a couple guys away with a shotgun. And then these two cops come in and like one of the great things about uh, the move, the Pam Greer movies of this time is like cops are fucking assholes. Like yeah, they're just pieces right of shit. Except yeah, for yeah, yeah. this one black cop who's like, coffee baby, like I'm a, I'm the one good cop in LA. And she's just like, all you cops are corrupt and pieces of shit. And he's like, not me, not not, me, not no. all cops. Um, and when are we gonna go have that you know drink we talked about? And she's like, mm, maybe some other time. You yeah, know, like yeah, coffee's yeah. too. She's she's busy. She's, she's be, a busy woman. She's, she's killing drug dealers. She's and she's drug like, dealers, she's yeah. like, why don't you? Why don't you cops do anything about clean up these streets yeah. and the dealers, dope dealers who are, you know, keeping our people oh, the dope down, dealers. you know, like keeping, keeping yeah. the black people ghettoized. And he's just like, well, I, I'm trying, but like, you know, the police are all paid off. And she's like, that's just it. You know, you, you're just in cahoots with the, where's the lie? Yeah. Where's the lie? Right. But coffee, a little naive herself because oh. her boyfriend <gasps> is local politician running oh. for LA city council oh. black man. He's like, I'm going to run for LA city council mm-hmm. to help our people. Yeah. And she's like, great. I, I'm so proud of you. Yeah. And he's like, you're one hell of a woman coffee and they have <laughs> sex. Um, and then, well, of course, you know what happens? The city councilman is also in cahoots Shockingly. Uh, with this pimp. Yeah. Um, and so she has to do it herself and yeah. she like infiltrates this pimp. Pam Greer doing it herself mm-hmm. is a great genre of film. Same thing uh, happens to her in uh, Foxy Brown. Uh-huh. But Foxy Brown has like a bunch of rape in it, which is like, it, it's not like you can handle it, but like trigger warning, yeah. you know, uh, but coffee doesn't have any of that. It's a uh, little better. Um, but essentially, um, coffee infiltrates this pimp's inner circle by being the hottest fucking woman in the world yeah, and, she is. uh, switches like the Coke with like sugar and Ooh. stuff and like is doing all this cool Sabotage. stuff. Uh, and the other, uh, white hookers like hate her guts mm-hmm. and she's just like, Sorry, but I'm hot and cool. And so she kicks all her asses like in a cat fight. And yeah. like, oh, there's a cool part where she puts some razor blades in her afro so that when the white bitch grabs her hair, she oh, gets her hands yes. all cut. And she's like, ah, 
Yeah. And then yeah, that's um, what you get for touching a black woman's hair. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, genre king Sid Haig. Oh, uh, really? makes an appearance as like this evil enforcer yeah, I bet he does. who, uh, I love who him. tries to kill her in the LA river and shoot her up with heroin and leave her body in the LA river, yeah. but it doesn't work out. And, and, uh, coffee slits his fucking artery with, uh, with a razor blade and he's like ah bleeding out in the LA river. And he's like, help yeah. me, help me. And she's like too bad, bitch. Like <laughs> I, I fucking got away. And I then, um, yeah. I mean, it's, there's no real spoilers in this movie, but the movie ends with her like going back to her, corrupt evil ex-boyfriend's mm. house who's a politician and she's just like you know she's doing great she's like crying and yeah. like the movie is like she's a genre so film but she's like really acting it and yeah. she's like ah oh, you know I trusted you and he's like you're the only baby for me coffee <laughs> like you should just get back with me I, you know I, I just did it because you know that's what we all have to do but yeah. believe me my heart was in the right place and she's like shut the fuck up bitch and she fucking blows him away with a shotgun <laughs> yeah and uh <laughs> Yeah, and he's like fucking a white bitch upstairs. Uh, and once she sees that, she's like, I was going to let you live, but now I'm going to blow your balls off with this shotgun. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. Coffee. That sounds great. That Check like it a, out. That sounds like a blast and a half. It is. You can't do better. Okay, coffee. Yeah. All right, wow. 1973 I'm, I'm, I'm Black on that. Yeah, yeah okay. Uh, Pam Greer, though, right? Woo. Yeah, Foxy. Foxy for One real. of the greatest to ever do it. Also, I mean, R.I.P. Sid Haig. He is... An R.I.P. Sid Haig. Oh, man. And I would say if you're looking for, like, a great Sid Haig performance, he's in quite a bit of the movie. He's, oh, like, okay. a very... Like, he's cool. not just in and out. Like, he gets a... He gets a substantial amount to do in it. Okay, And right he's on. great. Yeah, yeah, I love he, that. He, like, locks Dope. her in a fucking house, and he's like... You're trying to bash my head with that rock, like I, I know better than that. I'm like he, he tries to like shoot her up with heroin. He like mm. tries to rape her, but he doesn't get too far. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. like you know, cool. A lot of stuff happening. He's lot, a real. A he's stuff. a real piece of shit. Yeah, real piece yeah. of shit. And you're like, when he finally gets his throat slit by the razor, you're like, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. Nice work. Yeah, I love that. Okay, coffee, jazz. Check it. Um, the next movie that I want to talk about is Roadhouse. 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 Okay, and I do want to talk about talk that. Talk about a great film. Talk about a great film. And so I've got, I've got a couple of, of complaints to lodge, not against the film, but against the culture. So first of all, Love to. no one told me that Roadhouse was so good. I think that people have been... Under- I thought I told you Roadhouse mm, was so good. I think that you kind of talked me out of it. Wow. I think that you were like, yeah, it's like it's like pretty good, but I don't know. What? No. I, I Roadhouse is an A+. Plus. It, it, it is. It is. Plus there plus. is nothing wrong with Roadhouse. But people need to be talking about Roadhouse in the same way that they talk about like Lethal Weapon. And that's oh, yeah. Like, it's, it's in the same... It's in the same caliber. And I want to also lodge a complaint with uh, a, a, a series that seems to be having kind of like a pop culture resurgence right now. Fuck Family Guy. Because all people know about Roadhouse <laughs> is Peter Griffin, like, like, roundhouse kicking someone and going, Roadhouse. No, yeah. It's much better than that. It's way, way, it's way a, better than that. It's a very satisfying Patrick film. Patrick Swayze is probably at his all-time hottest. Um, oh, my God. He's yeah. so hot. He's wearing... He also has, like, a bunch of cool outfits, and he's always, like, dressed like he's... He's always dressed ready for a fight mm-hmm. uh, because this man is a fighter. I just love that the premise of the film... I'm, like, jumping into your yeah, review because I love it so much, yeah. but the premise of the film is, like, there is a world of, of bouncers yeah. that are so accomplished yes. that they'll be, like, flown in yeah, to, to, like, to, to be a bouncer at a bar. Yeah, because that's what so needs good. to happen. Yeah. And Patrick Swayze is one of the best. He's one of the best. Uh, but he has a kind of a sordid past because he he killed someone in self-defense mm-hmm. back where he was from, which I feel like is like New York. By tearing their throat out, right? <laughs> no one 
mentions this enough. There's like, yeah, that he like he like got so into this fight that like he's like, I have to end this and rips this guy's throat. But you know, we don't see that happen. We mm-hmm. just see it kind of talked about. So he goes to this town in Missouri, um, and <clears throat> they're actually the the main antagonist's name is Wade Garrett, mm. which I was thinking of the wrestler Wade Barrett. So it's like, did yeah, you get rest your in peace. name for that? <laughs> rest in peace. Um, but he, uh, so he's like this main, a very roadhouse wrestler too. Roadhouse. Um, oh wait, no, Wade Barrett's alive. I'm thinking of rest in peace is probably wrestling career. Yeah, because he's done, but he's mm-hmm. really great on the commentary. So anyway, um. So, you know, the, the Wade Barrett, uh, Garrett is just not Wade Barrett, Wade Garrett is running this town and he's like, he's, you know, he controls all the money, whatever, yes. whatever. And you know what? I got to be real with you. It doesn't fucking matter because all that matters in this movie is that every fight somehow has more people involved that well, Patrick Swayze is destroying. Absolutely. But I will tell you, I will say one thing. I think it matters a little bit because I'll, I'm a big sucker for any plot that's just like, ah, the rich asshole yeah, of this sure, town yeah, needs to rich, be put in his place, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. And they like, they burn down Patrick Swayze's house at one point they're like you know get this guy get this guy out of here because Patrick Swayze has also like come down with like an iron fist on this bar where like the owner of the bar has kind of given him like control of it he's mm-hmm. like firing people kicking people out he's making new rules um and because because at the end of the day this this town needs a good bar yeah the to have deuce. for people to have a good time and it has one of the greatest lines in movie history uh exchanges in movie history I feel where he says what are you people doing and they say we're drinking and having a good time. And he says, you're too stupid to have a good time. <laughs> and anytime I'm in a public place and someone's being a fucking rowdy asshole, I think of that line you're by Patrick Swayze. You're too good. stupid to have a good time. Yeah, you're ruining a good thing, man. Um, and he's just, Patrick Swayze, he's just kicking ass all over this movie. Uh, he does not lose, I don't think, a single fight. Why would he? Um, and it, the the kind of the, the culmination of when we actually... so You haven't even got to Sam Elliott. I haven't even got to Sam, who is just like, I will say extremely hot in this yeah. movie but Sam Elliott is in this world of, of of bouncers he's like his bouncer mentor yeah he's like the sensei bouncer the sensei bouncer um and they're like and they end up teaming up because they're like all right we really gotta clean clean this place up uh and then they, they, they like a whole they got a whole thing going on uh yeah it's really he, really he good. teaches the whole town to stand up to the to greedy developer the, which is like okay the end of this movie that part is like kind of just like training day yeah where like they like so like the the greedy the greedy guy is like he gets around and like the town people end up just like shooting him. yeah they just and like fucking kill they him just, like, they're just they, like yeah they, they make him like you've been a problem cheese, and then everyone's like so we're not gonna say anything about that right yeah. it's like yeah right on um but you know Patrick Swayze's having this romance with with this woman and you know Ooh. he's like you know I'm I, I like this is my my dark past like I killed this person in self-defense and she's like yeah but like you're different now I was like yeah I am different now but the the head like I guess like the head henchman of the rich guy is making a lot of problems for Patrick Swayze and pushes him to the point where they are engaging in hand-to-hand combat Mm. and all that can be done at this point because he's got to end it because he is such a threat he he whips around and rips his throat out and then the next move that he does is he does an incredible spin kick and kicks this guy into a lake (laughs) with his throat ripped out but the woman sees it I feel like the other thing is, is he's like he's like oh I don't want to rip this guy's want, throat out to. but I have to rip his throat out yeah. it's so good it's so good and I believe this happens just after he's had some kind of rough sex yes, with yeah. the woman so where like and so she like is witness to this happening and like you're like she must be so disturbed because she's like yeah. I thought you weren't like this I was just intimate with you and then yeah, I saw yeah, yeah. rip this guy's throat house and then spin kick him into a lake <laughs> <laughs> but, I remember too about the sex scene is that she's kind of like she's kind of like playing games with him yeah. a little and he's just like he just kind of like picks her up I'm Patrick Swayze. Puts her 
against a wall yeah. and he's like we're fucking now and she's just like we are, <laughs> we are you know like so it's so mask and this cool is, yeah this is like a dudes rock movie for oh sure. my god one of the um, great dudes rocks films yeah it's it's just really really good and you know I, okay, great soundtrack I, 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 won't, I won't blame it on you any longer but like for everyone who ever undersold this movie to me or just didn't tell me how good it is like fuck you because it's awesome uh-huh. and you've deprived me of a good experience well I'm just gonna say right now I've been telling you to watch Bloodsport for a second it's true I, yeah, th- I don't know if it'll quite reach the heights uh, Roadhouse did because that's those are high the, heights the, yeah it's tough but tough. it's you should check it out alright Bloodsport but uh, I would recommend Roadhouse if you haven't seen it uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's doing a remake boo uh, <laughs> don't uh, remake classic movies I mean if they do it different enough like we saw like some of like that he was like yeah, in a UFC fight sure they, they were filming some of that yeah. for the movie which is like what's that footage gonna end up looking like like are you sure about this um but yeah i mean like well i guess we'll see what happens with that i love jake gyllenhaal so i'm ready to my, my heart is open to the roadhouse remake Woo. boo um all right you're up my final movie is did i start do you have one more movie after yeah. this okay so my final movie is the woman king the woman king yeah uh-huh here we go the woman king now um there was a bit of a tiff online, as there often is uh, online, that this movie was snubbed uh, at the Oscars. Now, I certainly don't want to say that, uh, like, the Academy has a problem with recognizing black movies. That's just, let's Cut just get that yeah. out there. The Woman King is not, was not snubbed. <laughs> All right. I, Maybe Viola Davis was mm-hmm. only in the sense that she is one of our best actresses. And basically anytime she does a leading role for the rest of her life, she probably deserves to be nominated yeah, for yeah. best actress. Like she's just that fucking good. But the movie itself. But the movie itself is kind of silly. Right. Um, it I know there is... was also a bunch of discourse online about like, is this like revisionist? Is it like not it's like, like historically? Well, let me poison? tell you. Yeah. It's it. goofy. Yeah, so okay. basically I would describe this movie as Braveheart meets Inglorious Bastards, but black feminist girl power. Uh-huh. Uh, so that the, sounds messy. Yeah, it's a little, it's it's messy. So the plot is there's this kingdom in Africa. Sorry, I don't know where. Uh, and near South Africa, I think. And they are a tribe that has like done okay for themselves, mm-hmm. but a lot of the way that they make their money or like their resources is engaging in tribal warfare Mm -hmm. with neighboring tribes and enslaving their enemies Mm -hmm. and selling them to the Dutch and the Portuguese. Uh Uh-huh, okay. Right? Yeah. And this kingdom has managed to be like uh, pretty robust because they have these, this crack unit of like special ops female warriors. Right, led cool. by Viola Davis, yeah. uh, who's like in her fifties, and her body is like motherly, but strong, but strong and ripped. Like yeah. she's like she's she's mother. Her, her you know? shoulders look incredible. Her whole yeah, she's just, she is fucking jacked in this film. <laughs> and uh, her sort of right hand woman is this other actress who's kind of coming up right now, and her name she's British. She's also a musical theater actress. Oh. Her name is Lashana Lynch. She puts in a great performance, very strong eyebrows. Uh, she was uh, Miss Honey in Matilda. Okay. 
Okay. She was also in No Time to Die, uh-huh. Captain Marvel, and Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness. Oh, oh, okay. All so right. You're, I, you're seeing, you're remembering yeah, who she yeah, is I now. Yeah, I know who that is. Yeah. Yeah. So she's kind of blowing up. Yeah, she is. Good for her. She's good. Uh, and she's she's very good. And then we have this sort of like uh, actress who is looks quite young, but is 19 in the in her character is mm-hmm. uh, Thuso Mabudu, okay. South African actress. And basically she is the lens through which we're introduced to this tribe because her mm. tribe is basically like killed and she, oh, well, actually, no, excuse me. I should say that what happens is her father is like, you got to marry this old dude, uh, you know, you're like, cause we need a dowry or whatever. And she's yeah. like, I won't fucking do it. And she like yeah. kicks him in the balls and nice. they're like, well then fine, go join the army yeah. because in our tribe we have a woman's <laughs> go army. Go to army, go away. Yeah, you know, go to army. And so she's like, okay. And then immediately there's all this like, so she like goes into the compound or whatever. Um, and there she's just like, oh, like here women don't have to like bow their heads, you know, on yeah. the street. And like, we're like, you know, Cause girl power. this is where our agency happens. Like girl power. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to fight to survive in this horrible world mm-hmm. anyway. Like at least we're the ones like holding the spears, blah, blah, blah. And she's uh-huh. like, oh yeah, fair enough. You know, like I do want to be a fucking <laughs> warrior. Um, and so uh, we have the king of the tribe played by uh, John Boyega. Oh. Uh, and everyone's kind of doing like a Black Panther accent. Uh-huh. Like, you know, where it's just like, what uh-huh. what accent is this? Yeah. African. Okay, whatever. Yeah. Um, everyone's doing good. Uh, and Viola Davis is like the head bitch of this uh, crack unit. Mm-hmm. But the king has like 12 wives and they're all like made up in these nice costumes and they're like soft. And she's just like, but I have the king's ear because I actually work. And they're like, I hate you. (laughs) Um, But she's like, well, you can't fight. Yeah. Um, So the little girl goes and she like learns to fight. And of course she's like headstrong. So Mm -hmm. they're like, you know, you, you stop, stop being so individualistic. Like you have to join with the community. Exactly. All that stuff happens. And then, Oh, there's another tribe who is like, they're attacking and they're going to get enslaved by them. And so the big thing is that Viola Davis is just like, we shouldn't be enslaving other Africans and selling them to these Portuguese people. So now we get a couple of white actors who come in Uh who are Portuguese and, um, one of them is mixed race because his mom was from oh, this tribe, but I, then uh-huh. like, you know, he got, his mom was enslaved and then yep. she was freed. And then of course, you know, you get how yeah, all yeah. that happened. Yeah, it's yeah, very yeah. upsetting. Um, and that's sort of the problem with the movie is that like the, the, the stuff that they're talking about is like horrific, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is just like a terrible thing that happened. But what the movie wants to do is be like, well, but what if there was this tribe whose sort of like raison d'etre was like, we want to end slavery, uh-huh. you know, like yeah. we want to like it, it, from a 2023 ideological perspective, like materialist perspective, mm-hmm. be like, or not a materialist perspective, like a sort of social justice perspective, be like, we shouldn't do this. Right. Yeah. Which I don't know that, you know that's how it went down. Yeah. You know like what I mean? It's kind of like assigning uh, like contemporary sensibilities. Exactly. Yeah. To, uh, to this historical thing. And I should say that, you know, um, it's fine if you don't want your essentially what is an action genre piece to be entirely historically accurate. I, you know, I don't know what the like, costumes are. Especially if like are. the history is like not fun. Exactly. Because like we don't really hold Braveheart to that standard. Yeah, exactly. Right? Um, yeah. I will say the environment of Braveheart feels a lot more lived in mm. than these costumes, which all seem like right out of the target like, box. Very pristine. Same with the sets. Oh, yeah. So uh-huh. uh, unfortunately it doesn't really succeed in the, 
in terms of that. Uh, I think, you know, everything looks Netflixy. Yeah. Um, the director of this movie also was the director of Love and Basketball, but more oh. recently, the horrible film The Old Guard, which was oh, very successful on Netflix. I hate mm-hmm. that movie so fucking much. But yeah, so imagine the sort of aesthetic sensibilities Disgusting. of The Old Guard, but put into this story, and you'll sort of understand uh-huh. what you're dealing with directorially. Yeah. Uh, not, you know, there's a lot of lines that are just like, women can do anything, you know, like women. Mm-hmm win all these fights against much like bigger stronger men stuff like that which again we're doing a genre fantasy right like i have no problem with that but i think the movie kind of trying to grapple with real things yes it's like you you have to you have to make a choice right um and that's why i say it's kind of like inglorious bastards in the Uh sense of like well what if we had a like, what if, like, Jews killed Hitler? Yeah, exactly. What if Jews killed Hitler? That's kind of this movie. It's like, well, what if black people ended, Slavery. like, yeah. d- killed a bunch of Portuguese people and ended yeah. the slave trade in the okay. region yeah, or whatever? Yeah. And, like, I mean, I'm sure that did happen, but not this way, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. And I, I feel bad, like, because, like, shouldn't we, you know, obviously, like, black genre filmmakers should be able to have their fun fantasy films, yeah. right? Um, that's, I'm not saying, like, what an irresponsible movie to make, you know? Sure. Um, it's just... It like, didn't quite gel. It didn't quite gel. That being said, I probably give the movie like a, a B. Oh, yeah. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I, I, I'm just like, I wasn't like, this movie needs to be recognized as mm-hmm. this great, you know, powerful film. Because unfortunately, like, just the screenplay, the, like, it doesn't, it doesn't even get to Braveheart levels uh-huh. of quality cinema yeah um that being said we have not had a black female braveheart that i'm aware of so like i was this was a very fresh movie in Mm -hmm. that sense like i i would definitely recommend everyone see the woman king i think that you know maybe it's gonna end up being one of those movies that like unlocked the ability for people to make more stuff like it that's ultimately like better executed because I, I think it did well mm. yeah uh, no, it, did, I, it, it did. made its money back and then some like it was not a flop yeah. so um yeah like see the woman king it's it's a good movie and you get a great viola davis performance i'm not even the other thing is like there's a lot of other convoluted plot stuff like the girl ends up being viola davis's daughter whatever who she lost and like oh there's like this other stuff where like viola davis was like raped repeatedly by slavers and stuff and again it's just like dude we have to have that in because like you're not even really you're like you're not really giving us uh, emotionally are due there yeah. in this sort of action movie. So yeah. like, do we really need so to don't have... Even, don't even put it in there at all. Like, don't... We don't need it. Yeah. Like, is this escapism, fun, you know, feminist yeah. fantasy, or is this a very serious movie where there's like a brutal rape? Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. it's just... It's a tricky thing. And that's like one of the... It's like, yeah, it's tough because like you... Because I, I feel like a lot of the criticism that it got, I, I haven't seen it, but like that I saw online was like, like this really like isn't... Like this, this isn't realistic, et cetera, et cetera. But and like, I don't think it should be held to that standard. But then why throw in grim, exactly. real things like yeah. that? That like, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's tough. Because it's a movie where that's kind of cr- trying to correct the record. Yeah. But not really being totally honest about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> You know, yeah. like I would, I think I would have been really, 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 really into this movie if they made it a movie about like, like done real gritty period realism Mm -hmm. like you know um like made viola davis kind of like a a a bad person 
Yeah. You know, or, or made anyone yeah. in the movie a bad person other than the villains. Uh, uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? Or like a complicated person. Yes. I shouldn't say bad. I should say like, like... more gray. Yeah, like more gray because there's no gray in this movie really. Yeah. It's just that... This it's, is good, that's bad. Yeah, it's just that like we are warrior women who are badass and like if we're harsh, it's because the military is harsh. Yeah. You know, in the same way that it's like... It's not because like we have any like individual culpability. Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, um, they don't really ever fully grapple with that and I think I would if, if, you know if they did a super period accurate movie about that I would be running to the theaters to see it mm-hmm. I'm sure if they nailed it it would be one of my favorite movies mm. you know because I, I love stuff like that yeah love it but it, as it stands it was a nice genre film okay yeah, yeah. all right I mean I think it, like as, as far as like that goes great yeah, yeah. That, that sounds worthwhile yeah so all, all the movies I sounds talked about better than the old guard Yes, much better than The Old Guard. You should see all four of these films. Some more classic than others, some better than others. Yeah. But all worth your time. Nice. All right, and my last movie, uh, similar to like the kind of seriousness of The Woman King, is 80 for Brady. Woo! Uh, let's go. Uh, let's let's go. fucking go. 80 for Brady. Uh, when I first saw the preview for this, uh, I was immediately jazzed. Uh, just because it's like, this is like, they were really centering the fact that Tom Brady's in this, like also starring him mm-hmm. and like starring like four legendary like women, like Lily Tomlin, Jane Fonda, Rita Moreno. Hey, everyone, get your notepads out. These are four of the most accomplished women of all time and, in their and career. And they're all so good. Like, I, I, there's there's not even a lot to talk about with in regards to the plot of this movie. It's like these four women have been friends for so long and it became a tradition for them to watch the watch the Super Bowl um, that, you know, Lily Tomlin had cancer in the past mm. and during her treatment, they just like threw on the TV and she saw like like early like early 2000s Tom Brady and was immediately just enthralled and just like I'm in love with Tom Brady. Mm. So to be clear, this movie is not a Pat's movie. This is a Tom Brady movie. Sure. Um, and my mom is a huge Tom Brady fan. So women like respond to, to Tom Brady. Some of them. Some of them really, 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 really do. Um, but they decide like you know as uh, you know we've been talking about like we've been watching the Super Bowl for so long. We're all like in our 80s except for like Jane Fonda is like uh, I'm actually I'm not yet so please stop saying that I'm I'm even not, though Jane I'm Fonda not. herself is I mean, and Sally Field is not is not um, and they're like okay fine uh, and so like, they're, we're gonna go to the Super Bowl and so there's like they get the tickets some and they do a road trip and they get there and like there are some like bumps along the way etc and it takes place in 2017 mm-hmm. I think um, and they get to the Super Bowl and there's all sorts of shenanigans leading up. Guy Fieri is in this movie sure. uh, and he's also great. Uh, uh, Harry Hamlin's in this movie who I who I love, Real Housewives. Mm. Um, and it's just like nothing bad happens to these women the entire movie. Uh, they sometimes have hiccups. Does anyone die at the end? Nope. Because they're old? Nope. nope. They're just, they're good. Nope, no one dies. It turns out like Lily Tomlin's uh, had, like it's like possible that her cancer has come back oh. and they kind of do a uh, like a fake out at the end where it's like they're all gathering together and like you you don't see Lily Tomlin you see like some of like their children it's like oh no and then they're like hold on like it's, we're about to kick off get in here where are you we have to do our ritual and they run in because like, they have like a thing it's like when like they like the Pats won the Super Bowl when we were watching this because like and at, when this happened when they kicked off I knocked over the chips and, and Jane Fonda was in the living room and Sally Field was up on a ladder so they perform this ritual every time wait so sorry the sports question sports question what yeah. Super Bowl do they see do they see the Falcon Super Bowl, the I one guess. Tom Brady did he does he win the Super Bowl? Yes, yeah, they win. Okay, so um, it's probably the Falcons. They win Super Bowl. because of 
Lily Tomlin gets into like the <laughs> like whatever I don't you you're a sports person you yeah. know this stuff more than me but like the the booth where like, they're calling the plays uh-huh. um and so she gets like the mic directly to Tom Brady and she's like listen, <laughs> she's like listen up like you kept me like you gave me all this like hope and power and like you have to win this and it's, and like throughout the movie uh. he's been like appearing on TV and then like turning to her and being like you can do this like you're gonna oh, make it here my goodness. um and so like she like they go through and it's like and it's it's so enthusiastic and they win and like when she's giving him the speech so like you she, just gives, she doesn't give him like a play she's not like no you she, gotta you're in the statue of liberty no like, she's she's just like philly special she's just like, like play good play real good <laughs> he's like um, thank you yeah he is like he's like wow i'm really touched but like what happens is, is like she's like talking to him and it's like she's like explicitly talking about her cancer and her life and like her husband that died like all, all of that stuff and like Tom Brady is clearly supposed to be feeling an emotion, but he is not on his face. <laughs> well, he at never all. has. He, other than rage <laughs> at one of at his losing. linemen for missing an assignment. Yeah, and it's just like, and the camera just like keeps like pushing in on him, and it's just like dead, just dead. Yeah. his face is dead the well, whole time. Well, how do you think he's so good? He's a football robot. Uh, he's a football robot, but like they win, and I will say, as a non, I, I don't, I don't enjoy watching football. Like it's not the worst thing in the world. It's not for me. But it was the perfect way to watch it, and then it was like a highlights clip of like exciting things happening set to music and it's like great I don't have to watch this game I can just watch cool plays going on um and so uh, they after the you know they win whatever and then like Tom Brady invites the four of them back to the locker room to like say he's like I want to meet this person for some sex well you're joking (laughs) but um so Jane Fonda in this movie is a very successful author of erotic fiction Great. and she's written uh at least one book <laughs> about gronk uh, oh, okay. and, and it turns out like gronk has a copy of the book and she's like have you read this he's like i read it like, i carry, carry this with me all the time like this is so important to oh me. gronk's in this movie gronk's too in the movie sure and i mean he yeah he'll do anything circles around Tom Brady. oh well yeah because gronk is a personality he's so fun and she like and she like looks up at him and she's like wow you're so big and he's like Thanks. And it kind of like leaves off like, <laughs> do they fuck? Is that what happened in more? Uh it's kinda of, kinda of wild stuff. Um, but uh yeah, so they go back and like Lily Tom has another heart to heart with Tom Brady. He cannot give anything. Sure. Well. And like it's just and he's like, you know, oh, do you want do you want my jersey? And she's like, the one that's covered in sweat, he's like, Yeah, it's covered in sweat. And then like for some reason he turns around, and he's like, Hmm, I can't find it. I'll give it to you later. It's like why? Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, what? Why? I don't, I don't understand. Why is this happening? Um, but all of these women are, they're so good in this. Their chemistry together is great. Aww. Nothing bad happens to them. It's a, it's like, it's a fun romp. It, I, the only criticism is that Tom Brady cannot act to save his fucking life. Well, you know, a, a bit of a mea culpa here for all of us <laughs> in America, really, not just myself, because when these ads were coming out, we were all like, who is this for? This is the dumbest thing I have ever seen. Wow! Yeah, it it made money, it folks. Made so much they money. Printed money they, with this thing. Yeah, I don't yeah. know how. I don't know how it happened, but the theater that I went to, I went to it with like with two of my girlfriends, and like the theater was packed. <laughs> well, you know who still goes to movies? Older women. Older women, and this is who it's for. When I saw Banshees of Anna Sharon, it was like me and my friend, and then just old women and just old women and i was just uh, like okay but to the point of this being a tom brady he's also like the executive producer of it of course naturally sure. um and the movie so at the end when they like kind of do the fake out um it's a game with like with the buccaneers where they, they've changed out all of the 
uh, like Pat's memorabilia uh-huh. for Tom Brady Buccaneers uh-huh. memorabilia. And so like, mm. it's like, ah, you, you're kind of a coward and that like, you couldn't just, I don't know. Oh, I well, don't know. You know, some say that that team gave up on him. <laughs> Some say that. Uh, I don't know anything about this because I don't give a shit about football. But I give a shit, but I don't give a shit about Tom Brady or the Pats. Fuck them. Fuck them. But you know, this was an excellent movie. I think if you want to want, if you, if you are a man listening to this and your girlfriend hates uh, watching football, like she will love this movie because football presented in the right way. It's a bunch of ladies having fun and being flirty and being thriving in their 70s and 80s and like well, I hope doing I drugs am. at a party. Oh, yeah. It's Old great. people doing drugs is a classic. Oh, bit. it's a classic. Uh, Rita Moreno is like a, she's like a, an incredible gambler and she- A like, sports gambler? She, uh, any, any sort. Anything. She, she beats like uh, Guy Fieri and a bunch of other people at poker sure. and she, uh, Andy Richter is in this as like the guy who owns like the, the box that they end up going to. Uh, okay. There's a, a thing that leads them to go there and- he, towards the end he's like all right like i'm i'm leaving like sorry about your pats like you didn't win she's like you want to bet on that he's like yeah you have like a like a 300 to 1 chance she's like i'll take that bet and she wins um because she's just a natural gambler um mm. so it's, that, that's really fun too um and it's it's a great movie 80 for brady thumbs up uh highly recommend wonderful yeah it's great all right shall we talk about the oscars we got to talk about the Oscars. It's the Oscar preview hour. The Oscar preview hour. Uh, and I think that like, we're probably just going to talk about the big four. And then maybe if there's like Which another category. Which are actress, actor, director, director and picture. picture. And maybe we'll say. do quick hits yeah. on the other ones. So, you know. So I, I, I think it's you should read out the the nominees uh so that you know our, our listeners are working mm-hmm. with the same information that we are yep and we, we're talking about the oscars because you can't avoid the you oscars, can't avoid folks. them even though they're bullshit and you know like the the voters from the academy don't even watch all the movies like it's just and guess what neither did we neither did and we. we're still so, gonna mouth off so and yeah if they can vote on this shit then we can mouth off yep so best lead actress starting it off kate blanchett tar Anna de Armas, Blonde, Andrea Riseborough, <gasps> controversial, to Leslie, Michelle Williams, The Fablemans, Michelle Yeoh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Who do you got? Uh, I think that it. I think that Michelle Yeoh has a really has a really strong chance. I mm-hmm. haven't seen Everything Everywhere, but like it's a lot oh of buzz. God, I feel. I know. I know. I know. Keep it to yourself. Um, I think that there's no way in hell that Anna Diarmas wins. Like, there's ju- it's it won't happen. I think it might be Michelle Yeoh or Kate Blanchett. Yep, uh, I think that Kate Blanchett won't win only because she's won before and fairly recently. Mm. Um, in terms of the sort of like totality of the performance, Kate Blanchett probably should win just because the role was so fucking juicy. Yeah, um, Blonde was not critically liked enough for her Leslie wasn't seen enough for her to win uh despite the fact that she got nominated yeah Michelle Williams didn't see the Fablemans I, I mean like me it's a, it, it's, it's, a, it's a movie magic movie so like maybe but like can't I, count I, her out but she's the dark can't horse. count her out yeah yeah but I do I, my pick is also Michelle Yeoh for okay. everything everywhere yeah I think that there's just given the, the climate and I have seen the movie and it is a substantial uh she a lot of work. She's no, got a sure, 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 she's got to do a lot of emoting. She's got to mm-hmm. do a lot of different things because you know there's multiverses. She has to play a lot of different mm-hmm. versions of herself, and she's got to do a lot of choreography. And I, but I also think that like 
socially or like culturally, people are like, oh, we need to acknowledge. Yes. And so I think that's probably a, a waiting factor. I, I think that they should. So, yep, that would be my vote and yep. my pick. Best lead actor, Bill Nighy for Living, which is screener of which is sitting on my DVD player and oh, I haven't watched it. Uh, Paul Mezcal for After Sun. Uh-huh. Brendan Fraser, The Whale. Colin Farrell, Banshees of Inisharan. <laughs> and our boy, Austin Butler for Elvis. This is a packed category. It is. There's a lot of... A lot of possibilities. A lot here. of possibilities here. I think that there's a good chance that Brendan Fraser wins it. Yeah, I think um, so too. I, I mean, personally, like, I, I got to vote for Austin Butler as as Elvis sure. because just a that performance changed my life. Yeah. Um and it's it's really exceptional. And I think even if he doesn't win, like, it's it's got to feel good to to be up there with this group. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think any of them would be worthy winners. I didn't really like After Sun that much, but Paul Mezcal is great. Still haven't seen it. Paul Mezcal is an exceptional actor. He's also 27. He's young. He's, so he's they're chance. not going to give it to him. Yeah. Colin Farrell, maybe. Yeah. I think it's going to be Brendan Fraser, though, just because the they comeback. Yeah. He's come, a comeback yeah, kid. Yeah, it's, it's a really, it's a compelling story. Um, everyone's like they're that, treating him as a, like a make-a-wish kid. They really, really are. So, yeah, I mean, this is his make-a-wish Oscar. Yeah, so I think that there's a good, I would say my vote is for Austin Butler, but I think it's going to be Brendan Fraser. Great, great. I, I'm going to vote for Brendan Fraser only because I refuse to give uh, Oscars anymore. for biopics yeah, because right. you know, it's an impression. The, Fair, whatever. I disagree, but it's, you know, I, I understand why you think that way. Yeah. Also, there's not really a lot of scene work in Elvis. I don't know what the fuck you're talking there's, about. All right, we're moving on. We're moving on. <laughs> uh, best director, mm-hmm. Ruben Osland, Triangle of Sadness, Todd Field, Tar, Steven Spielberg, The Fablemans, Martin McDonough, Banshees of Inisherin, and The Daniels for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Another stacked cat. Uh, I don't know. What, what do you think? <sighs> Steven Spielberg won't win because of Steven Spielberg. Uh-huh. And he's had his laurels. Uh, Martin McDonough won't. I mean, he's done like a bunch of really good stuff. So it's like, and with that kind of same group. So I think there's a chance there. I think Ruben Oslin won't win because that film is polarizing. Yep. And it already got its laurels yep. at the international festivals. I think it's either going to be Todd Field or the Daniels. Yeah, I think that's probably Um, correct. Me personally, having seen these films, Mm -hmm. I think that Todd Field deserves it because the totality of what he has done with Tar, I think, is just more than Mm. uh, these other movies. The Daniels are making choices. Let me tell you, it is a maximalist film Mm. with a capital M-A-X. So... It was definitely directed. Like, it is a director's piece. Yeah. Um, but so is Tar. And I just think that not... Who would you vote for and who do you think? I would vote for Todd Field and I think it's going to be Todd Field. I haven't seen Everything Everywhere, but I, out of that list, I've also got to go with, with Todd Field. I think that Tar was just excellent. And I agree about Triangle of Sadness, um, unfortunately. Yeah. Best Ugh, picture. And there's a million of them. There are. And we're going to go through them. Women Talking. Triangle of Sadness, Top Gun Maverick, Tar, The Fablemans, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Elvis, The Banshees of Inisherin, Avatar The Way of Water, All Quiet on the Western Front. Uh, okay. Who you got? Okay, I feel like there's a bunch that's going to be a, that's gonna be a no. Um, okay. I'm going to say Top Gun Maverick, no. Uh, I disagree. 
I I think okay if if the voters are are busy sucking their own dicks then like yeah sure Top Gun Maverick no 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 Top Gun Maverick is... I've seen it twice now my opinion has slightly changed okay fair enough I will just it's say it's a good this. movie it's a good movie don't get me wrong I will just say this if we're taught if if the best picture Oscar is seen as the movie that matters most to movies this year. I think that Top Gun Maverick deserves to win it. Because if, Top Gun Maverick the criteria, basically saved theatrical distribution. Sure, everyone, in this yeah, country. everyone knows that, everyone will admit it. Yeah. Yes. So if that's what we're talking about, then I think it deserves to be Top Gun Maverick. I think if we're talking about the movie that best because I think maybe, excuse me, or if what we wanted to say is that what the Oscars should reward is the movie that is the best exemplar of the intersection between popular film and highbrow film, mm-hmm. which is increasingly what the Oscars are becoming, yep. then I think it deserves to be everything everywhere all at once. Yeah, I think that's probably a fair Because assessment. that is what that movie yeah, is trying to do. Is yeah, sit sure. directly at that fucking cross-section of yeah. serious, heady film with popular entertainment. So uh, why, do you th- why don't you think it would be Way of Water? I don't think it would be either, but... Because it's a sequel and it's like, what is it doing more than what... Yeah. the first one did I mean, you know it's like, I, mean? I think like if pro- the first one wasn't gonna win it shit for like you know uh, effects and all, all of that yeah stuff, I'm sure but, like, maybe not that. best picture um uh I'm I'm legally obligated to give my vote to Elvis sure um but I mean I could be satisfied with with a lot of those I think films. all quiet foreign usually doesn't win unless it's parasite banshee's too small of a film uh-huh. uh fableman's again just like he's already got his laurels even yeah. though it is a movie about the power of movies although People say it's actually more about people are, okay. Steven Spielberg's Oedipal trauma. In my opinion, people are only saying that because they're mad that people are saying that it's yeah. about the magic movies. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's true. They're like, no, it's not. Uh, women talking too much of a downer. And I don't <laughs> think anyone saw it. Triangle Sadness, again, already got its international laurels. I would vote yeah. for Tar. Because I think it's the most complete realization of a vision yeah I, I i think that if tar wins i'll be very i'll, I'll be very happy with that or uh, satisfied i guess but it was my it was my movie of the year i would say of all these so yeah but but, but, I, your, but your money is on my money everything. is on everything everywhere or top gun I, no i don't think top gun will win because okay. it's too popular to win but uh yeah. it, it's not okay, enough also, of a, weren't they doing like a, a popular vote category do they stop doing that now it was it was Justice people League hated it. P- yeah, people thought that that was fucking well because garbage. it is. It yeah. is. It is garbage. And the, okay. and the Snyder people, the Snyder got boys, it. ganged yeah. up. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I, I guess like there's no, there's no movie on that list that it's like, oh, like fuck, fuck this. Like there, no, right? You couldn't. Uh, that hasn't always been the case. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of worthy contenders. What else do you want to gloss through for Oscars? Uh, best supporting actor. I've there's been a little late buzz for Brian Tyree, Tyree Henry uh-huh. in Causeway. Yeah, um, he's great. He des- deserves the world. He's an amazing actor. I could see Brennan Gleeson getting it. Uh huh. Could see Barry. I don't think Barry Keegan's gonna get it. Oh, actually, really excuse me. I know exactly who's gonna get it, and there's no contest. It's K. Huai Kwan for yeah. Everything Everywhere. Yeah, I think that's another comeback tale. Yeah. yeah, he's gonna win. 
Uh, best supporting Angela Bassett, Hong Chow, who I didn't think was very good. I agree. I, you know, I think that I've seen a lot of people be like, I don't think she's a bad actress. She came out of it the best. I'm like, I thought that her performance was kind of weak in the whale, even though she's, she's a good, she's, she's a good actor, but it just didn't do anything for me. Carrie Condon, Banshees of Inner Sharon. Uh-huh. Uh, she, she was, was good. Really good. Jamie Lee Curtis and Stephanie Hugh. It's not going to be Jamie Lee Curtis. Or Stephanie Hugh, I don't think. No. Uh, best Adapted Screenplay. Top Gun Maverick was an adapted screenplay? That huh? Because it's a... Se- what? I don't know. Whatever. I don't even care. I don't even care. Whatever. Wait, and so is Knives, Glass Onion and Knives Out. Man. What, is the, what the fuck does Adapted Screenplay mean? <laughs> that, yeah. I'm, I'm pissed at this yeah, I'm not even okay, gonna moving look moving on from that <laughs> best original screenplay Inna Sharon Everything Everywhere Fableman's Tar Triangle of Sadness I think Tar wins I I, I would i like to see Triangle of Sadness oh win. actually Banshees I think could win okay yeah Triangle of Sadness I don't think will win I don't think but I I, I, I think it could, if it does it would deserve it as, as much as anything else sure cinematography All Quiet Bardo Elvis Empire of Light, Tar. Elvis. I'm going to say All Quiet, even though I haven't seen it, just because I think it's You're like, a oh, war movie. The scale, yeah, it's war. Uh, best short film? Who cares about those? Who cares? <laughs> just kidding, I made one. Watch it. Uh, just email me for the link. Um, <laughs> best editing? Maverick, Tar, Everything Everywhere, Elvis, Inishurin. I think Everything Everywhere will win because there's a bunch of cuts. Oh, they yeah. like to give... Yeah. They should, they should just the call it. They should, yeah, exactly. They should call it. What has the most cuts? Okay. However, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop bringing it up after this. I think that the editing in Elvis is pretty immaculate. All of those transitions. Yeah. All of, like I. Think, I mean, Boz Lerman. He's the editing king. Don't go off, Boz. Um. Yeah, but okay. Yeah, if it's like if it's a if it's a competition of the amount of cuts that you have, is what makes it a good edit. Then sure. Also, didn't Bohemian Rhapsody won like best editing. And it's yeah, one of it's the worst, one of the worst edited, edited films ever, ever committed to So cellulite. it doesn't matter. Uh, another quick hit I want to do. Uh, I want Natu Natu from RRR to win Best Original Song. Okay. Uh, haven't seen the movie. I plan to see it very soon. Uh, but yeah, go off. That would just make you really happy. Yeah. Um, uh, can you go to like uh, like makeup? Uh, I'd like to see like whatever that is. Sure. Um, yeah. Uh, best makeup and hair. All Quiet on the Western Front. The Batman. Ugh, no uh, way. Black Panther, Elvis, the Whale. I think Black Panther, honestly. Yeah, that movie. Was oh just well, so no. Made. Excuse me. No, it's gonna be the Whale because of the, because of the, the prosthetics. prosthetics. Yeah. 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 Best original score: All Quiet on the Western Front, Babylon, Banshees of Inisherin, Everything Everywhere, Fablemans. I can't I, say that I internalized any of those scores. Uh, I remember liking the score for Banshees a lot, so okay. I guess I would vote for that. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. We, we, I think last year we, when we talked about this, we also just went off about how much we don't respect the Oscars, so I'm not going to sure. waste time doing it now. No. But, but what do we think? Was this a good year for film? Yeah. I think it was too. Yeah, I think it was. It was. Yeah, it was a good year for film. Uh, it was a weird year for film. Um, weird. They get weirder and weirder. They get weirder and weirder. Uh, I mean, and the, and the Academy is like really struggling for relevancy, so I think that there's some credence to be given to they're going to pick something that's popular so that they get kind of, yeah. you know, the, the validation of that. Yeah. That was movie podcast.
thank you for listening. Uh, and we'll be back to, I mean, maybe eventually do a, a, an adult movie catch up. But I don't know. At this maybe point, not at this point. At this I point, think we've seen. Got to call yeah. it. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I think we're going to talk about Creed 3. Oh, yeah. Creed 3. We got a bunch of Transformers. We're going to talk Beast about Wars. Transformers, Beast Wars, and Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, Summer some, movie season's coming up. It's coming up hot. Coming the, hot. The schlock. The fucking slop is coming down the pipe, and yeah. we're going to lap it up like the piggies we are. Yeah, oink, oink, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Goodbye.